Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Are you thinking of making a transition from your current ministry position? Before you do, take some time in a quiet place to reconnect with God. Focus on the Family Canada has designed a renewal retreat for couples in ministry. Come visit us at Kareth Retreats, a quiet sanctuary where you can receive from God and deepen your connection to Him, your spouse, and your calling. Find rest, find renewal, find reconnection with God. Find out more at karethretreats.ca. And I can't help but think, we did have a choice. We didn't have to take him. He was messy. He was hard. Um, Our lives changed completely. But if we didn't take him, if we said no, what would have happened? I think the trajectory of his life changed. I know our lives have forever been changed. We can't even begin to explain all the ways God changed our hearts. That's Dawn Stone touching on the way that God can work on your heart through foster care. She and her husband, John, join us today on Focus on the Family. And your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. John, when we think of foster care, we've had a few programs here at Focus to talk about it. Uh, Let me give it some scope and dimension. There's probably about 410, 420,000 kids in the foster care program across the U.S. Generally, the bigger the state, the more children are in the foster system. Here in Colorado, it's about 1,000 children. Texas, probably 26, 27,000. California to be similar. Florida, New York, bigger states, more children, obviously. I think the... uh, you know, the situation with uh, drugs flowing into the country, et cetera, has exacerbated the foster care system. A lot of parents go into drug rehab and their kids need a place to stay. So that's, uh, you know, a common situation in foster care today. I remember uh, we started Wait No More, our foster initiative here at Focus on the Family, a number of years ago. And I just, I laughed because I got home and Jean had heard the broadcast and I was asking people to get involved And she said, well, if you're going to ask people to get involved, we should get involved. And I was like, no, no, no. I've already done my time. I was a foster kid. I don't want to be a foster parent. Mm. And she said, that doesn't make sense to me. We need to get licensed. Let's do it. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And so uh, for those particularly husbands that might drag their feet, I'm with you. I get it. But I'll tell you what, the uh, successes that we saw um, were terrific. Mm. wasn't easy at times. There were obviously some of the uh, failures were there as well. But we're going to talk about that today, really to encourage you to consider engaging in the foster care movement at some level. Yeah, and husbands, don't ignore that prompting that God might have for you <laughs> through you your wife. Um, <laughs> there's a great adventure ahead. I think you'll hear a lot of hope. Um, some of the difficult things that uh, foster care involves as well. We have John and Dawn Stone. Uh, they have Uh, a long history of being involved with kids. Uh, John has been a pastor for more than 30 years. Uh, He and Don moved to Indiana in 2022 to pursue missions, and uh, they have three kids. They've been mom and pops to 41, Mm -hmm. I think, foster kids in their home, and that inspired them to write the book, Missional Fostering, A Temporary Assignment, A Tremendous Cause, A Timeless Impact. Stop by FocusOnTheFamily.ca or call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family for your copy. Well, John and Don, welcome to Focus. Good to have you. Thank Thank you. you. 
And we're looking forward to talking more about this great topic. Now, Jean, this is the one when I'm at home and I'm saying, yeah, we're going to do something on foster care. She's like, oh, I'd love to join. And so we have Jean joining us today. Yay! <laughs> it's great to be more here. the merrier. <laughs> the more the merrier. And, uh, you know, Jean, again, she just brings great perspective on this topic, especially. Uh, you've been fostering, as John said, uh, for a long time now. You've been engaged in the fostering community. Describe the need for fostering today. I tried to give it a little contour, but um, how did you develop mm. the concept of missional foster care, which is great, you know, mm. the emissions field? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, <clears throat> our editor told us missional is not officially a word in the dictionary, so we're hoping Mr. Webster will read the book. Are there rules it. anymore to <laughs> what you can say and not say? Apparently. So we have, <laughs> I didn't know that. But we do for the church culture. They would understand the idea, and it explains what Dawn and I felt about fostering. Now, I know she'll tell her story. She's always wanted to foster. She's a second-generation fostering parent. But for me, it was new. And um, for us, it was God asking us to step in for a period in a child's life when they needed it, not necessarily because we had an emptiness in our life and we needed to fill that with another child. So it was very missional for us. It was a, a post, a yeah. an assignment. It was, it was, I think, the best way that to describe it in my mind was um, at Christmas – the stores will put up seasonal help, help wanted. Um, you know that when you sign up for that job, you're not going to be there forever. You're just filling a need mm. in a spot. And that's what missional fostering was to us. Yeah. And that just paints a picture of that. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you were hesitant, that you weren't, that wasn't the direction your mm-hmm. eyes were set mm-hmm. on. And then Don kind of sprung this on you to describe yes. that so her youngest was going into high school um so i looked at her and said babe you've been a rock star you have just taken it for the team what do you want to do what do you what do you want to do when you grow up right? <laughs> what do you want to do with your life i was thinking she was going to do music or masters or something and she said I want to be a foster mom. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Note to self, don't ask Dawn questions you don't right. know the answers to, right? So then God did three things um, in my life to help put his desires for fostering in our heart. At our church, we had a testimony time once a month, have somebody come up and talk about how God saved them. And a sergeant major from the Air Force stood up, and her name was Infinity. And she (laughs) stood up, and she said, well, I came to Christ uh, when I was in foster care, and I just dropped. (laughs) I I wouldn't look at Dawn. I felt like her eyes were peering (laughs) at me. See? (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't look at it. I wouldn't acknowledge it. I was just thinking, God, really? Is that what you had for today? And then I go into Starbucks, and... For us guys, walking into Starbucks, we um we meet people, and so uh, I was talking to a guy, and he said, um, "Oh, I I work for a foster agency." <laughs> like <Wow>. really? <laughs> and uh, this is two times, and I'm wondering, is God doing this? And then the third thing, and this is the straw that broke the camel's back for us. Our youngest son Jason was playing basketball in the yard, and we said, uh, "Hey, Jace, why don't you invite your buds?" to come to youth group tonight. It's Wednesday. Invite your buds. And so he did, and, and the boys that he invited were foster kids, and they were down the street, and uh, there were three kids. And we invited them, and the boy said, well, my foster mom is an atheist, so we probably aren't going to be able to come. And that is when it hit me. If Christ followers 
don't step into this space, who is? That's when I went in. I don't know what I told her, um, but that's when we decided we need to jump in the pool. Don, obviously you had a heart bent in this direction. I mean, it's amazing and patient of you to mm-hmm. wait for the right moment in your family's phase of life to say, okay, I've got an answer, John. Here's the answer. <laughs> what? <laughs> but um, you had an experience with one of your foster children. I think she, you nicknamed her Tropical Storm Alley. That kind of <laughs> sets it up. I don't have to say much more. What happened? Mm. Allie was an adorable 10-year-old. She came in with a bubbly personality and just won us over right away. She would tell dad jokes that <laughs> just, I mean, dad would be embarrassed that they couldn't keep up with her. Um, for the first 24 hours, and then I brought her to school the next day, and she I got a call from the school about 10 o'clock in the morning saying she said she threw up and she needs to come home. So I went Mm -hmm. to the school and picked her up and come to find out she had lied about throwing up because she didn't want to be at school. She did have a bubbly personality as long as everything was going her way. But Mm -hmm. one thing would just trigger her and she would go off. Well, about two weeks in, I got a phone call saying you need to bring some reinforcements. (laughs) And I arrived at the school and there were adults all around the lobby shielding their stuff, shielding the computer, shielding um, other children from Allie. Mm -hmm. She was like the Tasmanian devil, just destroying everything in her path. She had poured milk on the computer keyboards. Yes, and um, I watched her pick up a chair and try to knock down the Christmas tree that was set up in the lobby. Mm -hmm. Just total destruction. And God really used Allie to teach us an amazing story of grace. This was by far the hardest case, um, and not all of them were this way, but this girl exacerbated her behaviors. We dropped her off one day for a birthday party. She goes in. Uh, she's 10. Um, we at another foster parent, so we felt like we were being prudent parents. She was with somebody right. who was trauma-informed and, and trauma-trained, and so we are probably have dropped her off. We're 45 minutes down the road or away, and all of a sudden we get a phone call saying, you need to come back. And I walk in, and she's been triggered. The 10-year-old girl's been triggered. And she had had leukemia. She has had oh. a port inside of her at 10 years old. She's already – her parents have turned her into foster care. Her aunt who adopted her has turned her back into foster care. Mm-hmm. I mean, All no that one rejection. Can, no yeah. one – and this girl has control issues. And it's like she can control nothing in her life. So the rejection, she's just in a sad shape. I walk into the house. As I walk in, she's got a printer over her head, and she throws it down on the ground. And I am thinking – I'll bet I'm going to have to pay for that. That's right. What are we going to do here? And uh, she immediately flees the scene and she runs into the bedroom. And then she crawls under the bed like a mechanic on a stroller. You know, he's got his head under the bed and she's got her arm around the bedpost. And so um, the dad of the home and I walk in and we say, okay, um, Allie, it's time to go. And she's not wanting to go. I want to stay. And and no matter what we can say, we can't get her to leave. And that's when... God put words into my mouth that were not in my brain Hmm. and they were not a part of my theological background. And that's when God said, give her grace, give Hmm. her something she doesn't deserve. Hmm. 
and words came out of my mouth that I couldn't filter. And I looked at her and said, Allie, let's go get a maple donut from Krispy Kreme. (laughs) She immediately let go of the rail, got out from under the bed, looked at me and said, wait, I don't deserve that. Mm -mm. And I said, Allie, you don't deserve it. But that's God's grace, getting something that we don't deserve. And that was a hard lesson to learn for us to think of um, how can we give something so scandalous as this amazing grace when somebody doesn't deserve it. Gene, I'm thinking of many stories, but you had that experience too, uh, where we had one of the foster kids who loved to put water outside the tub <laughs> all over the place. And, you know, I think when you, with bio children, you know, you can control the environment, you have boundaries, you have the house rules, you know, those kinds of things. And, uh, and then, you know, someone comes into that environment and what they need is grace. Mm-hmm. It's a hard gear to change to, mm-hmm. uh, but it's right. What was your experience with that? Well, this particular child acted out frequently, but it was really quite subtly. And they loved uh, splashing wildly, not in a fun way, you know, <laughs> to make a mess of the, the bathroom. And as always, I would say, oh, you know, you can splash but if you could splash a little less, that would that would be great. And, oh, they just start, you know, going crazy. And, again, not in a fun way, mm-hmm. splashing all over the place. And, and I sensed at that moment the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. saying to me, really? You're irritated about soapy water all over your bathroom Mm -hmm. let's take a minute Mm -hmm. and think about what this child of mine Mm -hmm. has been through and I mean it was that moment Mm -hmm. everything changed for me everything and I learned to show unconditional love Mm -hmm to that child and to all the foster kids that is the moment i became a really good mm-hmm. foster parent mm-hmm. it wasn't about me right. it wasn't about them listening or the even the outcome mm-hmm. and it things did really change with that child but mm-hmm. even if they hadn't even if they hadn't i'm called we are called mm-hmm. to show them mm-hmm. Christ, just amazing grace and love for them. Well, and the bottom line is, and I so appreciate that emotion, Gene. I mean, the bottom line is we we are selfish people being human beings. And when you're fostering, boy, they bring in so many difficulties. As our staff member, Dr. Sharon Ford, who heads this area up, has often said, these children just need to taste and feel the love of God. Mm. And she, when she worked for the state of Colorado, she you know, would just yearn for more Christian families to be engaged because that's where they felt the most loved. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet 
filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. Financial Moments with Tom Copeland. Every week I receive numerous emails from people who are suffering because of inflation and higher interest rates. In the last 12 months, interest rates have increased faster than any other one-year time frame in history. Many people are seeing their mortgage payments increase by 50 to 80 percent, and everyone is paying more for food and other necessities. Most people do not have sufficient income to pay for these additional costs. In order to help you deal with these financial challenges, I will be leading a series titled Dealing with Inflation and High Interest Rates from a Biblical Perspective. This series will take place on Wednesday evenings from 8.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Alberta Time. And again, they'll be on Wednesday evenings from May the 3rd going through until May 24th of 2023. This series will take place on Zoom, so it doesn't matter where you live. And again, it's called Dealing with Inflation and High Interest Rates from a Biblical Perspective. In order to register, go to copelandfinancialministries.org. Again, copelandfinancialministries.org. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh, Tell us about Shane and the impact he had on your home. Shane came to us at 17 months old, and he was nonverbal, and he had faced severe neglect. Mm. And he, his only word he would say was, hi. And he was very filthy. He had pink eye in both eyes, so we spent time at the emergency room right away. Um, he wasn't used to any structure at all, so taking him to church was a challenge. Um, the first time we brought him to church, I left him in his stroller, and I asked a lady to just walk him around the lobby because he was not ready to handle the nursery. The next week when I brought him to the nursery, he hit everyone in the nursery with matchbox cars and blocks. Yeah. And he was with us for six days, and those first six days, I don't think we slept at all because he would climb out of the crib in the middle of the night Fast forward a little bit, maybe a month later, they said, we're still trying to find a home. And I said, well, it's okay. Let's just leave him here because he was wiggling his little messy way into our hearts. Uh And by the second month, I had completely fallen in love with him. I was totally smitten. We found out he had a little sister that was also placed in another foster home at the same time. So we got to know that foster family and we became friends with them and we started setting up play dates. They wanted to adopt his little sister, but they already had two other little girls. They didn't want to adopt our little guy, Shane. Mm. So we started praying because we have a very, very strong, powerful God. And we knew our father (laughs) wanted these two little people to be together. So we started praying that God would allow that family to adopt both kids. We set up play dates, and um, they did. They eventually fell in love with our little guy as well as his little sister. Today, they are both adopted. They're with this uh, wonderful Christian family. And I can't help but think, we did have a choice. We didn't have to take him. He was messy. He was hard. Um, Our lives changed completely. But if we didn't take him, if we said no, what would have happened? I think Mm -hmm. the trajectory of his life changed. I know our lives have forever been changed. We can't even begin to explain all the ways God changed our hearts. 
But for him, we don't know the ripple effects he's going to have going forward. He's in a Christian home. He's come to know Jesus already. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls us Aunt Dawn and Uncle John. <laughs> and the last time I saw him, he grabbed my cheeks with his hands and he said, Aunt Dawn, can I just keep you forever? <laughs> and it just melts your heart when you think you had a part in Absolutely. seeing his life changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stabilization. Gene, yeah. I mean, we had a similar experience with two littles that came our direction. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it was a, a boy and girl. Um, and the little boy came into the home. He was stuttering, mm-hmm. couldn't really complete a sentence. And and uh, over a short period of time, probably over a month, his speech mm-hmm. totally improved to where he wasn't stuttering. But um, they were really some good wins, if we look at it from that perspective, just that investment. Absolutely. And it was... Uh, with this little guy, you know, I saw it. It was just the stability of our home. Yeah. Just the safety he felt. Predictability. It is. And for the listeners, you know, that is, it's so significant. We None of us have perfect homes. Mm-hmm. None of us parent perfectly. And none of us are in relationship perfectly. But the stability that mm-hmm. we can offer these mm-hmm. kids that just... You know, I think in our home, just these children being able to have dinner together Mm -hmm. most nights and conversation. Well, and I think in that context, too, I mean, the dad struggled. The mom had Mm -hmm. passed away from drugs, and uh, the dad got out of rehab himself. And, you know, we did a lot to support them. And now I could say they're going to church. The kids are in Mm -hmm. church. They're doing well. I'd say they're really super stable. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Bible, uh, there's a character that you mentioned in the book, Benaiah, who is a Mm -hmm. good representation of Christ. Okay, that most people are going, Benua? Benua Hua? Benaiah? What what did you draw from Benaiah's character? Benaiah was, I think many times in foster care, we try to be the hero. We try to be the savior of these kids. We look and we have a nice home and we have resources. And so now we're going to be the savior. But the point of Benaiah, he did some heroic things, but he points to the hero, Christ. Christ is the one that can kill a lion in a pit on a snowy day, not any of us. And I think as foster parents, sometimes we wonder, do I have what it takes to get involved? Yes, if we can point people to the hero. A boy knocked on our door one night, 15-year-old boy, and uh, he had been in trouble at school because he found the magic brownies. You know those magic brownies? Um, So he had gotten in trouble in school a couple days earlier, and he was suspended and going through all his things. And so a couple days later, it's 1030 at night, and he knocks on the door and says, hey, John, are you up? And you get the, I have that thought like, no. <laughs> I'm just glad good. you're going to bed right, at 1030. That, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. So he said, uh, I said, why? And he said, hey, John, can you help me to get God to forgive me? Mm. Like, wow. Am I up? Mm. Yes, yes. Like a rocket out of <laughs> Vandenberg, wow. right? I'm heading up. There are mm. things we can do if we remember that we're not the hero. That's right. We, we are speaking for the hero and pointing people to the hero. You That's know, right. uh, for all of us right here at the end, I think some practical ideas mm. on ways that people can get involved. And everybody, we recognize everybody's at a different phase of life. And I guess we can kind of attack it that way. But 
we do something here, Focus, with the Wait No More program, which is most of these kids arrive at one in the morning mm-hmm. with a hefty bag, mm-hmm. right. a trash right. bag with their stuff in it. So one of the things that we've done is to create a duffel rolling bag that we can give foster agencies to give to their kids. And it has a Bible and a, and a stuffed animal inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I think we've given away like 10,000 and we're mm-hmm. planning to give, to give away maybe thirty to 40,000 this year. So that is a simple way to get involved. You can uh, get more detail as John gives you the information at the end of the program here. But other than writing a check, what are some things that people can do that you've seen are very helpful? So first off about churches, one of the things Dawn said earlier is churches have to have a missional mindset. They have to look at the foster parents who are bringing in very traumatized, triggered, not well-behaved children into their home. They have to understand um, the mission of what these parents are on. Um, they can Churches can have extra caregivers watching the foster kids while the parents are in church because for mom and dad, that is one of the few times they're able to connect with God without disruptions. I think, too, just coming alongside a family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they've done research where it's proven that I think five families, if they can wrap around mm-hmm. a foster family to maybe do the laundry for them, do some grocery shopping, those kinds of things, uh, they have a greater probability of success with that kind of help. And again, where are you going to find that any better than in the church, hopefully? Well, I'd love to speak to this. I love to tell people foster respite Mm -hmm. is the greatest gig in the world. (laughs) And and you, you would need to contact... Uh, your state, someone, a social worker or a foster adopt agency to find out what the laws are in your state. But in Colorado, you can watch a foster child for up to four hours Mm -hmm. without being licensed. Mm -hmm. And I had many people do that for me. Oh, my goodness. It is such a gift to the foster parent But then you can go a step beyond that. And I do encourage people who are considering fostering but aren't certain if they're they're ready for it to become then a licensed foster respite provider. And all you do is get to love on these kids (laughs) for a weekend or sometimes four days. So the foster family can either have a break or maybe go out of state for a wedding or something. That is so much fun. Yeah. All you mm-hmm. do is love on these kids. You could That's be a it. grandparent. Absolutely. <laughs> That's Absolutely. The truth. Man, this has flown by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many opportunities here. This is an opportunity-rich uh, field mm-hmm. of harvest mm-hmm. and you know, loving on children. I think the Lord uh, said many times in different ways, kids are very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for the church to heed that command to really love your neighbor. I mean, this is amazing opportunity to love these little children so that they can have a better opportunity of knowing what love is. John, you said it, that grace. Gene, you reiterated that. Don, too. You know, just that idea that they could feel the grace of God and what that does in a foster child's life. Uh, It's true of me. I was that foster kid and football coaches who came along to say, hey, you're worth something beyond just being able to play football. That meant the world to me. And what a wonderful book. Um, Missional Fostering, a Temporary Assignment, a Tremendous Cause, a Timeless Impact. 
that kind of grabs it all right there. And uh, thank you for being with us today, Gene. Thank you for being part of this. Your heart came through loud and clear. Well, my pleasure. I'm passionate about it. <laughs> John and Don, thank you. Thank you. And to you, our friends in Canada, man, pick up a copy of this book. You can order it directly from Focus Canada. And when you do, all the proceeds go right back into helping families throughout Canada. And Focus Canada can help you get started. Just give them a call and they will give you some guidance on what can happen there with the foster system in Canada. Contact us today. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family, 800-232-6459. Or stop by focusonthefamily.ca for all the details. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.